0: Here we go!
1: Welcome to the Nintendo Power Zone. We are a video cast slash podcast dedicated to bringing you the best Nintendo related topics. And guys, we are continuing our three weeks of E3 with our second show. And this show is going to be fantastic because we are going to run down the Pokemon Direct and all the news that came out of that 15 minute showcase. And after that, we're going to do our annual e3 prediction show so without further ado let's introduce today's co-host today we have blues and man welcome to the show are you ready to talk more pokemon
0: i'm always ready for talking pokemon
1: all right so yeah we really shouldn't dilly dally that much because it was a short direct but 15 minutes about yeah but it was plenty to talk about so uh we might Mm -hmm. as well just go ahead and we'll start with the characters that they Mm -hmm. uh showcase so obviously we have our uh, male trainer, female trainer, not a big deal. But they mm-hmm. did get a little description for them, so let's go ahead and uh, read, read that, that, that off. Yeah. <laughs> so you have your male character, your female character. Basically, there. Sh- if you're looking at the Pokemon.com website, you see that customizations are back, so you can pick your character's mm-hmm. skin tone. Uh, they didn't add any new skin tones from Sun and Moon, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, but, I mean, these, eight, these uh, four skin tones each, I'm pretty representative of most everybody. I'm going to be the guy on the uh, bottom right corner. So uh, the light-skinned, Hispanic-looking one. Although with the way way I've been spending outside this summer, I might have to go a shade darker. Getting dark this year. Anyway, so yeah. It says you can choose how you want to look at the beginning of your adventure. And that's pretty much it for the trainer character. So who's next? We have our professor, Professor Magnolia. You have Magnolia, her description. Huh? Yes. Uh, no,
0: I'm at the main character description right now. because I was told to do the main character. This is uh. not the easiest to navigate. So then Magnolia here, boom. Yes. So she she's another female professor. I think the only one we've had uh, since since Unova with Professor uh, Juniper. Uh, she is older, uh, it seems, as well than Professor Juniper. It says she, Professor Magnolia is the preeminent Pokémon professor of the Galar region. Uh, her main focus research has been the Dynamax phenomenon, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Uh, she shares her home with Sonya, who is her, I believe, granddaughter and one of your rivals and her assistant, and has given her a certain research task.
1: Glad to have a female professor back. I mean, I like her cane. She's got, like, mm-hmm. I guess that's a Pidgey or...
0: I think that's one of the, uh, the new Pokemon, Pokemon that was, yeah. um, Crow, Knight. Knight? Scor-
1: what was his name? I've already forgotten. <laughs> I thought you were about to say <laughs> No. We'll get to the Pokemon in a bit.
0: All I really care about is Wulu. Corviknight. It's Corviknight. Corviknight.
1: Alright. Yes. Alright, so next up we have Leon, who is the current champion of the Galar region and has never been defeated in an official Pokemon battle. His personality together with his peerless skill, peerless skill has made him extremely popular. He truly deserves the title of greatest trainer in all of Galar. I like this guy's uh flashy furry cape. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird, but uh yeah, he's he's got like the he's got like it's he looks like a Pokemon Go trainer because he, he's got shorts with the with the
0: leggings still. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me a bit of um of Kukui for some reason actually. A little bit. It's maybe something with the face, but like also how he holds himself, I feel. He holds himself in a way similarly to Kukui. Uh, one thing I find kind of cool about his design is that he has a sword and shield on his shirt underneath the jacket and cape.
1: Yeah, I'm actually really feeling those sneakers. I think I made mm-hmm. a pair of those.
0: Right? Yeah, I would love to see like a collaboration with, like Nike or Adidas make those. Yeah, you know
1: they never hook us up with anything good.
0: They don't though. Yeah.
1: All right. So next up, we should probably go ahead and talk about uh Sonia.
0: Mm-hmm. She is the professor's assistant that we mentioned earlier.
1: Yes her official bio states she is the granddaughter of professor magnolia she is leon's childhood friend she is also a young researcher who serves as assistant to professor magnolia she is very knowledgeable and will offer helpful advice to aid you on your adventure like her design like she mm-hmm. she i like, like the hair with the, like the little hearts pinned in i like how she mm-hmm. has her glasses just
0: up on, on her on forehead her head, yeah
1: the, the 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 glasses tiara essentially
0: mhm
1: the boots are dope
0: Yeah, like I just really like her design, but there's not even a whole lot. It's just a bit of attention to detail here and there with the hair and the glasses and things. Uh, You can also, if you look close, you can see that she has one of the Dynamaxing bracelets that we've seen.
1: Yeah, you can see the same on Leon as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, and last but not least, we have Hop.
0: Yes, who is your rival for this game. At least one of. They do say plural. Yes, Hop is Leon's
1: younger brother and will become one of your rivals. He and you are neighbors and you will begin your journeys on the same day. He aims to become champion just like his older brother did. So mm-hmm. I really like Hop's design because it mm-hmm. I love his jacket. It's similar to uh, Leon's like mm-hmm, they, with the they, fur, they, yeah. yeah, they definitely look related like their skin mm-hmm. tones, their facial features. Uh but you can see that he carries himself in a completely different manner than Leon. Where mm-hmm. Leon stands tall, and confident. Hop, he's got his hands in his pocket, pocket. shoulders mm-hmm. slumped, doesn't have as much style when it comes to his sneakers. Mm-hmm. They don't even match what he's wearing. Boy needs to step his shoe game up.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he, he I like his design though. Like he he almost looks opposite of what of what mm-hmm. Leon looks like. So that is very cool. So those are the characters that we've been introduced to thus far, but we have one more when. And that's the gym leader, so let's go ahead and pull up. This is the official description for the gym leaders. There are stadiums that hold Pokemon gyms throughout the Galar region. Each gym attracts Pokemon trainers that are experts in specific type. In order to challenge the champion, you and your rivals will need to defeat the top trainer for each Pokemon gym who is known as the gym leader. The battles with these gym leaders often involve intense classes between Dynamax Pokemon. Spectators will flock to the gym stadiums to view these battles, and the matches are broadcast on television as well. We're going to talk about that second part of that in in a little bit, but let's go ahead and talk specifically about Milo. So Milo, mm-hmm. the steroid junkie, as I'm liking to call him right now.
0: He's, he's built, yeah.
1: He looks like he's related to Krillin because he doesn't seem to have a nose. Shout out to all my Dragon Ball fans.
0: Yeah, he's got a kind of weird face based off that. Yeah, I don't know why his face just looks off because he doesn't have a nose like Voldemort. I don't know why
1: so milo is one of the gym leaders of the gala region he has a kind heart and is well liked by the trainers of his gym his credo is to always enjoy battles and he specializes in endurance matches using grass type pokemon mm-hmm. so confirmed gym leaders no yes. longer trial captains uh mm-hmm. so we're going back to the tried and true uh, i think this kind of stems from the fact that we have the more traditional pokemon team assigned to making this game mm-hmm. uh whereas the like Pokemon beat moon. team was uh, did Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra yes. Moon. So mm-hmm. we see that there are some differences between how each uh, design team is going to take the Pokemon franchise.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, next up, we have our Pokemon. We got a good number of Pokemon today, uh, not including the starters, which we've already seen, but we, we have
0: five and then yeah. two legendaries.
1: We did, so seven total. So the first up is Gossifleur.
0: Yes, I love how uh, her name is the design.
1: Yes, but I feel like the name is this would this like name is very simple. It's like a Kalos Pokemon naming one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like a uh, uh, uh the flower uh, final evolution of Flabebe and Floette. Uh, it's floor very that word floor gets that sort of Kalos vibe for sure. Yeah, it's not a even a fairy type. type. I don't get it. All right,
1: so the category is the flowering Pokemon type Grass. Height, 1 foot 4 inches. Weight, 4.9 pounds. Ability, cotton down and regenerator. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple of little things here. Its pollen has a healing effect. Gossiflora prefers land with clean water and air, and its pollen has a healing effect. Its pollen works on people, too, and it used to be, com- be a common folk medicine remedy for children of the galleries region to be given a tea made from its pollen when they fell ill. I love how like they always do like these like real world applications of Pokémon. Yeah, I'm just going to give you my seeds or my
0: pollen. Yeah, no, but th- it really is a nice touch though. Uh one thing to note on the page here is that she I think is the only one with a new ability that we have not seen yet. Uh her she has the ability Cotton Down, which so far <laughs> is exclusive to uh Gossiflor and its evolution. Uh and I'm really curious to see what that sort of will do. Uh right now uh, it doesn't seem to see. Uh, hang on. I'm playing the Pokemon TCG in the back, right? i got to figure <laughs> out what my move is here.
1: Well, while we do that, we're, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, secondary yes. thing. It's, it's a secondary part of the description. It moves with the wind. Gossip mm-hmm. Floor travels over long distances by getting blown along by the wind. It controls the direction of its travels by twisting its body and pedals. That seems very much like a Pokedex description. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. And then I love the little image that's attached with it. Where we do an sexy is- overworld Pokemon.
0: Yeah, with Gossiflores all over the overworld there. Yes. So
1: Love that. All right. Mm-hmm. So Gossifleur does have an evolution, as you said. And its name is... Edelgoss. Edelgoss, yes. Man, that's
0: a weird name. Yeah, I don't... This is I'm a weird sure evolution. It. All right, so... I think it's, it's a middle evolution. It's got to be. Because yeah, it's hopefully. the Dandelion Puff. But also, once the Dandelion Puffs, there's not really a stage after it. So I don't know. All right, so it's, it's, it's weird.
1: Its category is the Cotton Bloom Pokemon type. Grass, height, 1 foot 8 inches, weight, 5.5 5 pounds. Also has the abilities of Cotton Down and Regenerator.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So it's, its description goes as follows. Its Cotton Fluff protects it from its enemies. When Gossifleur evolves into Eldegoss, its head becomes covered in thick Cotton Fluff. This Cotton Fluff serves as a cushion helping to protect Eldegoss's head from damage. Very cool ability. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like, visually, I would love to see how, they could tra- how they're going to translate that. And moving on, it's, uh, it has highly nutritious seeds. The tiny seeds attached to the cotton fluff are said to be highly nutis- nutritious and beneficial to both people and Pokemon. Otagoth spreads these seeds throughout the region by sending them on the wind, making the soil of the Galar region rich in nutrients. Again, these are great little, like, Pokedex descriptions. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised sure. if they're verbatim for at least one version of the game.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, at least very, very similar. Yeah.
1: Now I gotta admit, I I love this next Pokemon, Wooloo. Mm-hmm. First yeah, off, I love, I the love name. it. So mm-hmm. Wooloo is the sheep Pokemon. It's a normal type. Its height is two feet tall. Its weight is thirteen point two pounds. Its ability are fluffy and run away. So with an extremely fluffy body the white fur that covers their bodies grows throughout their lives and will fully grow back in 3 months even if the wulu has been completely shorn. The fur is used for clothing and carpets and the like. It is very popular and as a specialty as a specialty product of the Galar region. So uh Leon's costume is little cape, probably
0: made of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the inside of a hops jacket probably as well. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, you gotta have that liner, especially like up in Europe, the mm-hmm. upper parts of Europe where it's cold. Yeah, so cold. Totally mm-hmm. makes sense. All right, so Wooloo is a friendly Pokemon that creates ability. Wooloo live as a herd and mimic the actions of their trainer or herd leader. They dislike conflict, and if they need to escape from enemies, they will simply roll away.
0: <laughs> I would love I see to see it. that.
1: Just yeah, I love on their that. side,
0: like just roll away. It's I I laughed when I read that the first time. It was great. Um, Fluffy has been an ability, I think, exclusive to the Beware and Stuffle line up until now. There's a very similar ability that Furfrow has, and I really wish it got the Furfrow ability for a coat instead. Because I think specifically that ability means you can dress it up. Because with Furfrow, you could dress it up in different ways, different give give it haircuts. And this is the perfect Pokemon to give a haircut to. So I'm kind of upset I can't dress up my uh, my Wulu. Love the name. All right. So next. But it captured up, my heart. I love it.
1: The, I love the design. It's a fun design. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a way better looking sheep Pokemon than the. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's cuter, Mareep, really.
1: <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a really badass design for a Pokemon Corviknight. Yeah. So, Corviknight mm-hmm. is the Raven, Raven Pokemon. So, it's giving me like Spearow vibes, but like mm-hmm. if Spearow was covered in armor yeah speaking mm -hmm. of being covered in armor it's typing it's flying steel its height is seven foot three inches jesus this is a a big big Pokemon Uh, yeah (laughs) its weight is 165.3 pounds its ability are pressure and unnerved so I'm Mm -hmm. starting to think that uh Corviknight might be the final evolution of a like a Pidgeospiro evolution tree like thing
0: Either that or it's a standalone like, say, Skarmory was. Mm
1: -hmm. Alright, so Corviknight is the dashing lord of the skies. It is said that Corviknight is the strongest Pokemon living in the skies of the Galar region. It can often be seen fearlessly soaring through the air. Many say that the Pokemon, foolish enough to challenge Corviknight, are sent running running with just a sharp glare and a cry from this fearsome Pokemon. So, one of the tidbits they gave us within the Direct itself, was that Corviknight can be used as a taxi. Taxi. So he can travel from any town that you've been to before. So the official description is, Corviknight possesses superb flying skills and high intelligence. Because of this, many of them work for the company called Galar Taxi, helping to transport people from town to town. Very much like uh, the uh, Kalos region with the... Go, there Pokemon. were taxis
0: in Kalos, and that's what I wanted to bring up. Uh, there were not only taxis, you could ride on uh Skiddos and Go-Goats, mm-hmm. and all throughout Lumio City, there were many different modes of transportation, but this seems different. This well, I mean, because be it was like,
1: exclusive to Lumio City in, the, in yeah, the game.
0: Whereas you travel from town to town with Corphonite and the uh Galar taxi service. I I know so is this gonna be something that's just basically the ride Pokemon from uh from Sun and Moon, and you just summon your Charizard to fly you, but it's a taxi service? Or will it be something you have to actually pay for? Because in the X and Y games, you had to pay for the taxis. You did. And and is it going to replace Fly, or can we still use Fly? Like, I need these answers, because I want to know what's going on with the fast travel service.
1: I agree. Well, we'll find out soon, man. November. Mm -hmm. November's not that far away.
0: Yeah. All right. Last, Last Pokemon least from yes, the main ones.
1: We have Dreadnaw. Yes. Uh, it is a, this category is the Bite Pokemon. It's typing is Water Rock. Mm-hmm. Weird typing. I don't, I've never really liked the Water Rock
0: typing. It's uh, popular though. There's like all the fossils that are Water Rock. Yeah. Um, they suck. Yeah. They're not bad. They're <laughs> just weak to grass.
1: Will <laughs> have like a double, they're double weak to grass, man. All right. So its height is three foot three inches. Its weight is two hundred and fifty-four point six pounds. This is a heavy Pokemon. Its mm-hmm. ability is strong jaw and shell armor. Mm-hmm. So it has powerful jaw. Uh and yeah, muscles.
0: those are those are really good abilities, especially the strong jaw. I believe only Antrum and the Mega Sharpedo have that ability, to my knowledge. There might be one more from X and Y that I'm forgetting in X and Y. Sun and Noon that I'm forgetting. But I believe those are the only Pokemon that have this ability. It's really cool. And then Shell Armor, it's a very common ability to shell Pokemon. Just stops crits. It's good. Mm, solid. Nothing special.
1: This almost looks like it was rejected as a starter design. I
0: could see that for sure, yeah.
1: Totally looks like it was a starter Pokemon initially, and then they went with Sobble
0: instead. It looks like uh, Squirtle, like, but... Edgier, like actually physically with more edges.
1: I'm getting more toward the turtwig.
0: Torterra, okay, yeah. Turtwig vibes. Mm -hmm, I could see that.
1: Just because it looks a lot more sturdy than uh, Mm a squirrel ever did. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: All right. So it has powerful jaws and muscles. The sharp, jagged fangs of the bite Pokemon Dreadnought are strong and sharp enough to bite through Mm -hmm. rock and iron. Though it has an extremely heavy rock shell, its well developed muscles allow it to move quickly. All right. So, putting your trainer's skills and morals to the test, Dreadnought is known to be extremely vicious, and it takes a skilled trainer to tame and handle this Pokémon. It seems that some trainers will release Dreadnought back into the wild once they discover they can't handle it. That is a very sad description of yeah. a Pokémon. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't take you get, get out of here.
0: But I could see it being kind of like a a Gyarados maybe in that sense, where it's hard work uh, and it pays off potentially. So if it evolves later, it gets uh, a very nice, powerful evolution. Uh, In the screenshot there, we see it at level 55, and that kind of makes me think it's going to be a very late evolution as well. So you really have to work for it if it does have an evolution. Yeah,
1: if it does have one. All right, so that's kind of going to be it. Now, we do have a description for battles with wild Pokemon, uh, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really say anything that we haven't really noticed from previous games. So we're just going to go ahead and skip over that, skip I over, yeah. think we can go ahead and talk about our two legendary Pokemon for this gen, mm-hmm. at least the two that have been re- revealed. So we have the legendary Pokemon Zaxian and Zamazenta. These are legendary Pokemon that will be featured on the packages of Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. They are shrouded in mystery and are even unknown to those who live in the Galar region. So mm-hmm. before we go any further, these are direwolves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These are game direwolves Yeah, they
0: dire wolves, yeah. Wolf.
1: Like, I could, I could see how some a few people who are working on this game maybe Game of Thrones fans because you know mm-hmm. you had the sword with the, you know the wolf on the hilt very similar to like Jon Snow's, uh, yeah sword
0: Firewolf, yeah yeah.
1: So anyway, starting with Zaxion. Zaxion attacks so gracefully that its movements can even captivate its opponents. It holds what appears to be a sword in its mouth. I love the design of this Pokemon. I really do.
0: It's okay. It's got a it sword like...
1: in its mouth. I love it.
0: I this like Zamazenta with. so much better. Like, <laughs> See, he's okay. Zacian is okay. Zamazenta. I'm not a big fan of
1: protecting my... my f- I'm not a big fan of, like, blocking things with my face. Well, i have never met
0: Zamazenta.
1: So, I used to train in mixed martial arts and boxing mm-hmm. a couple years ago. You never want to block anything with your face. And this oh, Pokemon yeah. definitely goes against that.
0: <laughs> so for that, Zach- do that. Humans aren't built to do that.
1: So for sound before we move on to Zamazenta, it has one more piece of description. Its shining blade can cut through anything. anything. All right. So moving on to Zamazenta. Zamazenta's regal and majestic movements overwhelm any opponent that dare face it. Its body and cover. Its body is covered in what seems to be a shield. So mm-hmm. this Pokemon is all about. Defense. So it looks like it's gonna have like great speed stats in conjunction mm-hmm. with his great defense stats, and uh, its gleaming shield can turn back any attack. So I'm gonna assume that Zaxian's blade can't cut through Zamazenta's face, and yeah. Zamazenta's face can't break Zaxian's sword. So they're gonna just sit there and just stalemate match. each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, these are cool designs overall, though. I love it. They they share. They're very similar, uh, but they just share like a. Like mm-hmm. uh, they they differ when it comes to like Little of armor, bit
0: of weakness. yeah, yeah. One's built more like uh, 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 what Frederick from Fire Emblem. Ones more built kind of like Crom. Yeah. I would say.
1: Well, I love that like Zaxian. His uh fur kind of sprouts upwards, looking like uh wings.
0: Wings. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Z- Zamazenta. They the the shielding covers like its side, so it's mm-hmm. kind of built like a tank. So mm-hmm. it's very cool. They, they the designs are great though. Yeah, and
0: overall they're cool.
1: They share the same color scheme. It's just it's all about it's like different.
0: yeah, this oh, is yeah. all
1: about like how they the the deepness of each color.
0: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Zamazenta
1: has much darker coloring versus Zacian lighter.
0: Lighter, yeah.
1: But yeah, they they both look very cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once I saw the sword in its mouth, I'm
0: like, yeah, I think I'm gonna pick Pokemon Sword this time out. I'm gonna pick Shield. I think we 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 picked already. I think. I love Zambazenta so much more and you love Zaxion so much more.
1: All right. So now we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna move into our first new mechanic of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And those are gonna be the uh Dynamax battles. Yes. You can find where they are.
0: <laughs> um let me see if I can pull them up. Dynamax battles get ready for Dynamax and Pokemon Sword and Shield. No, that's just the trailer. Okay.
1: There I was a the description, I just can't find it now.
0: Pokemon become huge with the Dynamax phenomenon, yeah. The Dynamax phenomenon is unique specific locations in the Galar region where Pokemon are able to take on gigantic appearances. Pokemon from the Galar region are capable of Dynamaxing and the Dynamax Pokemon become tremendously strong.
1: So this is so cool. Mm. It's it's basically taking Z moves and scaling them way up. So instead of lasting one turn like a Z move does, mm-hmm. these are set to last three turns for the Pokemon that you are using. And mm-hmm. in order to perform a Dynamax, uh, in order to perform Dynamaxing, you need the Dynamax band. And before we go any further, this is where I have to talk about the toy line for just a moment. So for the last few games, starting with X and Y, we have been given costume uh, bands mm-hmm. that work with the games in some capacity. So you have the, uh, the Mega, the mega Bangle that worked with uh, the Pokemon Arcade game. Uh, mm-hmm. And you would put your little Z-Crystal, not, not your Z-Crystal, your Mega Big Stone, um, your mega yeah. stone yeah. into yeah. the bracelet. It would interact with the game. Your Pokemon would Mega Evolve. That was cool. In Pokemon Sun and Moon, we got the Z ring and the uh the Mega Z Ring in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, And that allowed you to perform your Z moves. And that worked with Pokemon Sun and Moon you uh, via the microphone, and it was just a fun little way to have a little costume piece that interacted with the game in a non you know
0: Pay to win or yeah. locking content behind the thing.
1: Yeah, it was just fun. You're like it was mm-hmm. more of a, like a costume piece than, than actual functioning part yeah. of the game. But it still was cool. Now that Wicked Cool Toys has the master toy license for Pokemon in the states, mm-hmm. we're not going to get something.
0: For Probably this. not. No.
1: So, guys, we're going to have to start. If you're a fan of the bands and the braces that Tomy made, get ready to import this because I'm going to have to. Mm-hmm. So anyway. The key item for Dynamaxing the Dynamax Band. Naturally, the Dynamax phenomenon is the, topic of, is the topic of much research in the Galar region. A special item known as the Dynamax Band is the product of such research. Only traders who possess a Dynamax Band are able to Dynamax their Pokemon. And once you have done so, you will be able to perform Max moves. All the moves of a Dynamax Pokemon will turn into special Max moves. Max moves, pack a punch, but that's not all. Some of them can even trigger powerful additional effects. And you've got some great screenshots of Grookey, uh, Grookey Dynamaxing. It's still an ugly Pokemon. <sighs> I hate that Grookey. I hate that oh. monkey
0: flower. Okay, I agree to disagree here. <laughs> uh, but we can also see the moves that Grookey is using here, and I think that's the key takeaway. Uh, so Scratch becomes mag- Max Strike. Uh, Razor Leaf becomes Max Overgrowth. Then both Growl and Taunt become max guard. Uh Which so is
1: weird. Which means you're gonna oh. want to have a very more you want to diversify your moveset a lot more in this game for,
0: mm-hmm. at, for at least for Dynamax. what to use your Dynamax with, yes. Um I would imagine that it talks about how some Pokemon get special moves. I'd imagine all three of your starters were probably gonna get, you know, uh, a special Dynamax move similarly to how the Alolan starters all had their special Z crystal
1: Exactly. Well, and Pikachu had his own. He had a couple of. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's like three, and
0: then Raichu and Lolan Raichu like both have their own. Like, it's absurd. <laughs>
1: oh, they really gave the. I mean, they kind of had to boost that evolutionary yeah, that line. That mm. that line has
0: like it needs it
1: as as much as Pikachu is the you know the mascot of the Pokemon mm-hmm. franchise.
0: Like, he's not good. It's not viable. No. <laughs> 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 um, no that's um, why
1: Ash well, keeps losing in all the Pokemon leagues.
0: Just, just use the freaking Thunderstone. <laughs> Who cares if he likes being Pikachu more? He'll like being a Raichu just fine. Uh, but one thing I find interesting here is he doesn't talk about a certain held item the Pokemon has to hold for this.
1: Which is nice because it's kind of getting tedious to give your Pokemon like stones to. Uh... That's
0: fair. It's uh, because... getting tedious, but I don't think they should be able to Dynamax and hold a Life Orb.
1: At least, uh, like, what's that Sash that keeps
0: you from getting killed? Focus Sash. Focus Sash, Uh, This probably increases your defense, too. If you Dynamax, you're not going to die while you're Dynamax. It's just, (laughs) it's not happening.
1: All right. So, moving on with the description, the max moves your Pokemon can use are determined by what kind and types of moves they Mm -hmm. knew before Dynamaxing, which is, you know, obviously you broke that down. So yeah. the normal type max move called Max Strike has the additional effect of lowering the speed stats of opponents it hits. Mm-hmm. So Dynamaxing looks like it's going to uh, really alter... Me. Yeah, it's going to change things up. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we'll like this more than Mega Evolution and Z-Moves remaining to be seen, I've always been a proponent that Z, uh, Mega Evolution looks cool, but kind of broke the game a lot. And Z-Moves kind of like really bounce the game, but now we're taking the Z-move uh, idea, kind of dialing it up to, like, 11, and we're getting the Dynamaxing.
0: Three I... turns is a lot. Three turns is a lot. You could yeah. really shake things up in three turns. Like, so so, one concern I kind of have for 1v1 battles, you know, with a friend or something is will will I be forced to Dynamax my own Pokemon? If when my opponent Dynamax is just to stay alive because, uh, will will you know, this giant Krookie here is to one shot all my Pokemon. If they are not on the same sort of playing field or level of Dynamax, because you look at, you know, uh, the, the max raids that we'll talk about later on, it's a four V one. And he's that, uh, it's a Gyarados in the trailer. It just annihilates all of the Pokemon, except for the Dynamax like Raichu they have. And it's, So assuming that Dynamaxing a Pokemon will just put it on an uneven playing field where you need a 4v1 to just even try and keep up. Three turns could be three whole Pokemon. You just lose a 6v6 Pokemon. like
1: a one shot.
0: Yeah. No, because you can one shot and then for three whole turns, what do you do? That's half
1: half your team just gone. Yeah, that's half your
0: team. Yeah. I think it's going to force Protect to be seen a lot more um which in in certain metas such as vgc it's already a very popular move uh but i think the the most optimal way to really try and do this is one protect uh switch out into something that's expendable and then switch back into whoever you're protecting with and protect again i think that's just the best way to do it uh unfortunately but that's true all right, so we even then you might be able to break through protect like Z moves could.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they could. They shatter through that.
0: Yeah, like why is max guard not just a normal protect? Do you need to max guard all their Dynamaxed Pokemon specifically?
1: Oh man, well we're gonna have to find out, man, because this, it's gonna be interesting.
0: It's gonna be interesting yeah. to see how it's this a scary works. mechanic and a cool mechanic to me.
1: Yeah, we you know gonna have to figure out how this man. I can only imagine how this is actually gonna change just the overall meta. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's terrifying right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, we have kind of a little bit of a tie-in to uh, what we were talking about last week. Uh, when mm-hmm. we were talking about Pokemon Masters, we noted that the Pokemon trainer had a cell phone that was in the shape of a Rotom. And in this game, we have an exactly official that. confirmation of a Rotom phone. Mm-hmm. So about the Pokedex and the Rotom phone. Any Pokemon that you catch during your adventure will have its information registered in the Pokédex. The Pokédex in these titles will actually be part of your Rotom phone. Your Rotom phone is also a Rotom, a Pokemon that can enter into various electronic appliances, and your Rotom phone can do a lot more than serve as a Pokédex. So this is definitely an evolution of the Rotom decks that we saw in Pokemon Sun and Moon and Pokemon Ultra mm-hmm. Sun and Ultra Moon.
0: And, uh, yeah. I was- mean, sorry, um, so, so one thing that they mentioned, like, a lot about the Rotom, Pokedex, and Sun and Moon is that this is the future of Pokedexes. And a lot of people I don't think really, really thought that it was going to be the future going forward. They were like, oh, we just get a different kind of Pokedex every you know, every game, and so next time we'll just get it. something that doesn't have Rotom because it's just not relevant anymore. Uh, and I I like and I dislike the Rotom Dex personally. Uh, from a canon standpoint, it just seems to... Unobtainable for every single person who has this item to have a Rotom. There's just not enough Rotoms in the world.
1: Well, I mean, at least that's on the moon. He was like special. Yeah, was, he was like it was new. Like, yeah, he how basically prototyped it
0: all the whole game.
1: I do like how it is an, a natural evolution of the Rotom decks, though, and yeah, totally makes sense because now we're trying to see Pokemon really kind of integrate itself into like real world scenarios where everybody and their mama has a smartphone now and uh totally makes sense that mm-hmm. you wouldn't need to specifically carry around a Pokedex anymore. Like having just a standard, you know, smartphone, smartphone. that yeah. could be integrated with, you know, a Pokedex app makes a lot more sense. It's like using like mm-hmm. the real world evolution of technology and applying it to the world of Pokemon. I love that idea. And I'm just kind of happy to see the Rotom decks come back in some way. So yeah. the Rotom phone, plus that tie into Pokemon Masters, man. We we talked about it last week and you speculated that uh,
0: it was going to come.
1: Yep. You speculated on it and here we are in a different game, but we're getting that kind of confirmation. So that's that's kind of cool, actually.
0: I want to speculate on two more things in a bit. We can finish this uh, Rotom phone discussion.
1: Actually, I think that's it for the Rotom phone. So well,
0: they, they mentioned here you can attach it to your bike to make it move faster on land. Way. Or it can travel in water. And they showed it traveling in water in the trailer for the wild area. And I almost wonder, you know, going back to to how um Cor Corva what's corva or Um about how Corvanite, you know, he's the fly slave essentially, or whatever. Uh could your your other transportation modes just be Rotom decks upgrades, such as instead of surf, you just have Rotom who lets you l- drive through water. Or a Rotom who just breaks rocks or moves bigger rocks.
1: Kind of like how Pikachu and Eevee learned abilities uh for Pokemon Let's yeah. Go that allow them to do all those sorts of like traveling yeah. and uh the, exactly. the, the performing of HMs, which are no longer a thing in Pokemon games.
0: And and you know, we don't have a partner Pikachu or Eevee, but Rotom decks will always be with you. So it could be it could be what, how it, that works. I can't I don't know what I'm saying. Um no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, like
1: Instead of having a you know Pokemon become like your HM slave mm-hmm. or uh, or your ability slave, the Rotom yeah, deck would naturally be able to access those moves for
0: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you of course have to upgrade your Rotom decks to get these things. So that's how you're gonna progress those. Yeah. All right. But I wanna I wanna do my little predictions here. Uh one, very, very bold prediction, but I have good facts to to back this up. Uh, the next either Pokemon direct or big uh, Pokemon news drop will be August 31st. And, and so how I know this is that on February 2nd, not that, February 22nd, the date that they released the very first Pokemon Sword and Shield trailer, uh, you see the trainer wearing a jersey uh, that says 227 on the back. And previously, I had mentioned how that's Skarmory's number. I didn't know how Skarmory factored into things. And I realize now it's not Skarmory's number. That was the date that the trailer dropped. That was February 27th. If you look at the new trailer that they dropped today, uh, the number is different on the trainer's back. It is 65, June 5th. Today, June 5th, is what is written on the trainer's back. So it is corresponded uh to the date of the trailer drops. That's funny. And right. Yeah. But then right after you see the six five on the trainer's back, you see what's written on the gym leaders back, which is eight three one eight hundred thirty one August 31st. I'm calling it right now. Take whatever you hear from a grain of salt, but I am I am dead set on that as a fact. We are <laughs> we're getting new new news on Sword and Shield on August 31st.
1: All right, well we're gonna hold our breaths unabatedly just to find out. <laughs>
0: All right. And Uh, then my second big speculation, which I have no evidence to prove, but I know Pokemon and it's happening. You're going to get an electric Corgi Pokemon and it will be used by an electric gym leader. uh, I have no evidence. It's just happening.
1: Now, I love Corgis as a breed. They're smart, they're cute, and they have stubby little legs. Mm Mm-hmm. But the moment you give it an electric typing will make will instantly th- that banks it your Pikachu Pokemon for this generation, which means exactly. it's unviable. It's unviable.
0: I don't care. The electric type gym is using it, and it's gonna blow minds at how cute it is. It's happening.
1: Uh, well, speaking <laughs> of wild Pokemon, and uh, because that was yes. a wild prediction,
0: mm-hmm. we
1: have the uh, the wild area coming up next. So. We're going to go ahead and check out the natural beauty of the Wild Area. There is a vast expanse of land in the Galar region known as the Wild Area. The Wild Area is full of nature as far as the eye can see, and it connects several different towns and cities. You'll find a greater variety of Pokemon living here than anywhere else in the Galar region. The Pokemon you run into will change depending on things like the weather or location, so you might see something new each time you visit. So this is essentially the Great Plateau. Uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, it was funny. My uh, my fiance walked into the room when I was watching the uh, Direct for a second time. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, they're making a new Breath of the Wild game? I was like, no. It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. She's like, oh, because she hates when I play Pokemon. Oh. She can't stand it when I play Pokemon because I ignore her for weeks on end.
0: <laughs> Don't do that. Just, just make time for both. She knows, I know it's hard. But. She knows
1: that when Pokemon games come out that she, she's going to be neglected. for. This is her fourth. This will be her fourth Pokemon release in the six years that we've been together.
0: Oh, my she, God. She
1: has to learn to accept it. Hey, when it's a Grand Theft Auto game, I don't talk to her for months.
0: Okay. Okay, that's fair then. <laughs> well, I mean, how often does the Grand Theft Auto game come out? Though, like
1: like once every Pokemon. like 20 years.
0: Yeah, like we get Pokemon so much more frequent.
1: that's really just a few days of me not paying as much attention to her as i normally do
0: anyhow yes go on with the wild area
1: so the wild area can be reached through various towns and cities and it contains untamed wilderness Mm -hmm. speaking of untamed uh overworld pokemon in the game we were all kind of bummed out when we saw that there weren't any overworld pokemon in those first few trailers it looks like this is only gonna be this is specific to the wild uh, area, but it's still overworld Pokemon back in the game. It's like they didn't want to fully commit to it, but I'm glad that there's at least one it
0: place. It is, yeah. and it's a very smart move because I love this. It's it's what the people who like let's go wanted to see, but people who like their random wild encounters also get. So it's separating them is good. People really wanted that open world Pokemon in this caters to that need as well as the need of people who just want their linear... I
1: honestly think people would have been more accepting of the open-world, you know, visible Pokemon had you been sure. able to battle them. For
0: um, sure, sure. Yeah, they would have. You're right.
1: I really think that mechanic's... uh Not downfall, but the reason most people disliked it was specifically because the battle element had been removed. Not completely, okay. because there are a few Pokemon... That you encounter in the overworld, Snorlax and yeah, legends. and Mewtwo and yeah, all the legend, mm-hmm. the legendary bird trio.
0: Yeah, it's just Snorlax and and the legends. That's it.
1: Yeah. So hopefully, in the water area, even though they are overworld Pokemon, they're not gonna bust straight into Pokemon Go mechanics. I would where, hope.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I would, I would appreciate you know the ability to battle the Pokemon. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, I I liked Pokemon Let's Go. I I liked it way more than I felt like I had any right to. I agree. Uh, I did. I, like throwing, I, I even like throwing the Pokeball because you know once you actually figure out that like making different motions really affects you, it. Yeah, if you're just trying to throw the ball sideways, like straight, or you're like never gonna hit it. But if you, you know, sw- if you swipe it like you're trying to swipe your cell phone on, it, like you're swiping left on Tinder, you're gonna catch that Pokemon that went off to the side. Anyway, uh, and then it seems Pokemon you'll run into will change depending on things like the weather or location. And then we have this part right here. Have you look around the wild area. While in the wild area, you'll be able to control the camera in order to to explore the vast space around you and search for Pokemon and items. So it's cool that you're going to have camera control in this section Mm -hmm. of the game. I wish they had opened it up to the whole game entirely, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Like, like they're making baby steps, you know, with Pokemon. Like, you can see how the game as a whole didn't take... Too many risks. Uh, they want to kind of make that transition. Like, let's say people skipped uh, Let's Go, and their last mainline Pokemon game was Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, or Sun and Moon. You're st- you see you're seeing gradual transitions, nothing like completely world breaking. But it's nice to know that there is an open world area. They, they did say that they were taking inspiration from Breath of the Wild, and you can see it here in the, the water sure. it, it totally oh, yeah. reminds me of the Great Plateau.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing. Uh, uh, sort of think about, and I'm already kind of forgetting it. Oh gosh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, oh. Um. So so, Game Freak never really seems to fully commit to the first game on a console. Uh, you look at you know Diamond Pro Platinum compared to Heart Gold Soul Silver, and even especially Black and White. Um, vastly different. Like Black and White was very. I guess experimental without controlled cameras, uh, you know, moving the sprites. There's a lot of good, just quality of life improvements that weren't there on the first game on the DS. And you look at X and Y, and it's a similar situation. It's fully 3D Pokemon, but you still have those shitty overworld things, and it's it's not as pushing the 3DS to its full potential like it is in Sun and Moon, where you are the same avatar no shibi form in the overworld and in battles and it's it i feel like if we get a second pokemon game on switch after this that's main line that is the the gen 9 it's gen 9 at this point is what i'm thinking uh we can see this fully realized for sure you're muted right now i believe
1: no, always do that, always do that, at least once per show. Anyway, so while we're talking about the uh, the wild area, there is a mechanic that appears to be exclusive to the wild area, mm-hmm. and that is the ability to participate in max raid max battles rates. with other trainers. First off, before we go start talking about this, I'm going to have a little freak out moment. Raids. Uh-huh. Raids, online raids, local Raids raids so a few years ago Mar after party and i were when pokemon go had first come out when they had first implemented the raid mechanic into pokemon go we had been talking about uh what the mainline pokemon series could learn from pokemon go mm-hmm. and raids were one of the things that we both agreed would be a phenomenal addition to the mainline series now granted. We also said there were things that Pokemon Go should learn from the main series that they've refused to learn uh, going on this is going this is year three. So three years later, they haven't learned much from the mainline series, especially when it comes to things like battling. But uh yeah, the things that Pokemon has implemented from Pokemon Go have been welcome changes. Like Pokemon Let's Go, like I love that game. And it's mostly like taking a lot of the mechanics that existed in Pokemon Go and applying them to Pokemon uh, proper. And now we get this, Max Raids. So let's go ahead and let's talk about their them and their official descriptions. So Max Raid battles are a completely new battle format where you will team with up to three other trainers in order to take down Wild Dynamax Pokemon. You'll get a chance to cast a Wild Dynamax Pokemon that you face if you manage to defeat it, which makes me think that uh, Pokemon Go has always had Dynamaxing.
0: Mm-hmm. They've always been
1: big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love this uh, this key art that they did. Mm-hmm. With the um, Pangoro. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you have your Sable, your Grookey, and your Score Bunny, and Pikachu, Pikachu because you have to have Pikachu. But no Eevee. Nope. But they're and mascots we're- together. We're back to one mascot for the Pokemon series. Just right. up. It's a great picture though, man. Like yeah, he, it is, he is that rampaging. Happens. All right, but don't get too confident. The wild Dynamax Pokemon will remain in their giant form for the entire battle and don't have, and have unique powers to boot. They won't go down easily. Mm-hmm. Only one member of the group consisting of you and your allies can Dynamax a Pokemon during Max Ray battles. So close teamwork is a key. Additionally, some things you can do in the wild area, like Max Ray battles, can become even more fun by connecting with other players.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Really hope in that instance that this game utilizes uh the the smartphone app to at least have voice communication. Yeah. Oh,
0: that too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because like one person dynamaxing could make or break the outcome of, of the raid.
0: Yeah. I agree. So,
1: it's very cool we have yet to find out how it's going to be completely implemented, but it's you know, po- co-op Pokémon, like real co-op in a Pokémon game. Yeah. Uh, I play a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, and mm-hmm. like they have this raid, a very similar raid mechanic uh, mm-hmm. to this. And I'm, I was always thinking, like I would like to see this implemented to more games on the Nintendo Switch. And here it is. There it is. Pokemon is like the perfect franchise to do it with. Too, I love it, man. It's raids. Now, po- raids in Pokemon Go are like one of the few last fun things to really do in that game.
0: Yeah, uh, agree.
1: And specifically since they like to lock legendary Pokemon to it. Mm -hmm. All right. So here is a breakdown of how a Dynamax battle works. Face it while Dynamax Pokemon together with your friends. Only one trainer of your foursome can Dynamax their Pokemon and only once per battle. Cooperating with your allies is the key to victory. Even catching the Pokemon is super dynamic. And we saw that in the trailer where like Mm -hmm. they throw like the massive giant Pokeball, like the Dynamaxed Pokeball. And then the it Pokeball smacks; it, it breaks the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's wild.
1: Yeah, the wild Dynamax Pokemon you'll face in Max Raid battles seem to be uh, very based on where you are in the wild area or what the weather is like. Uh, the weather in the wild area changes every day, so be ready to meet a variety of Pokemon each time you visit. Also, it seems that some Pokemon can only be caught in Max Raid battles.
0: Now, one thing you kind of have to know, though, is. So if if it's raining on my screen, will it be raining in everyone else's screen for the wild area, like everyone in the world? Or I else? assume that in order to perform this properly,
1: they're going to mm-hmm. have to have some kind of global syncing of the
0: of the mm-hmm. weather effects in this game. That's what I'd imagine, yeah, or at least regional to some degree. Yeah. Um. One, but this is super cool. Just co-op Pokemon is just fantastic addition. Um. And I almost feel like they did it backwards. So They added raids and then added the Dynamax mechanic later is how I kind of see this working. They're like, we want to add raids. How are we going to do this? Let's make the Pokemon big and your Pokemon get big too. They almost developed backwards, which I kind of like. Um, If we go back to these screenshots for the wild area also, you can see that there's an icon in the corner for wireless communication. So you would obviously be connecting to to friends in the wild area to do the wild battles and they will show up in the area. But I kind of theorize that there will be more we can do in the wild area with our friends. Uh, And you can do that anytime, any point, anywhere in the wild area, which would be super cool. I think that's highly possible at the very least where we get lots of things to do with our Many friends, many people online all over Wild area.
1: <laughs> I'm very popular today, apparently. <laughs> all right, so two Pokemon that can be that are exclusive, uh, it seems to Dynamax raids are mm-hmm. Steenie, uh, yeah. and uh, Lantern. Lantern. Yes, so Steenie when it's sunny, and Lantern when it's raining. Mm-hmm. Then we have a little bit more uh, descriptions of Max Ray battles. Team up with all sorts of people as y- you face all sorts of Dynamax Pokemon. You can join up to people with ni- look, you can join up with people near you to participate in Max Ray battles, but you can also connect to Pokemon trainers around the world via the internet and face Dynamax Pokemon together with them. Note. If three other trainers aren't available to participate in Max Raid Battles, support trainers will automatically be added to your side to help you with the Wild Dynamax Pokemon, so you can, in fact, perform raids solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, no enrollment in Nintendo Switch Online paid service is required for online gameplay. So, two things. You are going to have to have a Nintendo Switch Online account in order to access the Max Raid Battles. And uh, second, confirmation that you can do raids online not just locally that was my initial worry was that oh you're only going to be able to do local you know raise uh mm. because the way they described it in the direct was like you can do other things online as well i'm like what mm. you didn't really confirm max rating online though but you no know, yeah it's nice to see it written out here in plain yeah. english this also kind of gives me hope that because this is uh you need this for you need to have the nintendo switch online as a paid service for the online gameplay, that they're going to make Pokemon Home part of the uh, Nintendo Switch Online paid service. Yeah, gives me hope. It's not confirmation. Don't take me saying that as, like, the gospel.
0: Yeah. Nothing. Like, my, my August 31st thing, don't take that as the gospel either. Like, these are just our assumptions based on trends and facts and things. All right,
1: but that pretty much covers everything that they focused on in the direct. Uh, that trailer let's talk about that trailer for a minute though that like trailer, trailer that showed off the max battles and the max raid battles. Like, it looks like they overhauled the graphics from the trailer that we saw. Yeah, back we saw like,
0: that February. yeah. Like,
1: I was looking at like the facial animations for the, characters. the crowd, I was like, wow. Oh, my God. And the ability to, like, that broadcasting where you see everything through, like, a camera lens.
0: Yeah. I think it's Rotom. It. I think Rotom's flying around with the phone camera and it's doing that.
1: I hope that, like, when you do, like, online battles, you have that, like, camera yeah. effect and that you can mm-hmm. post those online battles uh, All to, uh, online. To
0: switch online or something. Yeah, yeah, like
1: how they do with Smash. Cool. Like, how with Smash you have, like, the uh, the Smash app that mm-hmm. lets you post, like, video clips and whatnot. That'd be dope.
0: For, yeah, it'd be for incredible. Phones. Yeah.
1: Like they have that mechanic where you could record your battles in Sun and Moon, but you can yeah. post yes, them anywhere.
0: Sure.
1: right. So all that super cool. I loved this direct. They showed off some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to talk about that box art. As awesome as I think uh these uh, these two legendary Legend Pokemon it are.
0: It's underwhelming box art. It is It's underwhelming.
1: This is not the best like these are not the best pictures for the box art. Mm-mm, no. Like it's actually it's bad for
0: big game of Switch. Uh,
1: it's, it's been, like I, I don't know a little bummed out, man, because I wanted this box art to be better. Because mm-hmm. like if you look at all the key art that they've released for the game since the direct, been- uh, they have better been- pictures of these Pokemon.
0: hmm Yeah. So but yeah. what's with this? Yeah, I don't like it. I hope it's not final, but it's pretty sure it's final.
1: Yeah, it's severely underwhelming. But yeah. With that being said, overall, what are your thoughts on the director as a whole?
0: Everything I could ask for was pretty much there. Uh, you know, I was thinking one to three Pokemon would get revealed. Yeah.
1: See, I was I was very happy with the director as well. I think they did a really good job of showing us what's new in this game. What, what sets mm-hmm. this game apart from the, the mainline series because... Mm-hmm based off that initial trailer that they revealed, it kind of looked like the same old, same old. I thought graphically it was an improvement, but it wasn't like such a major leap forward that like, oh, this doesn't look that much different than a yeah. upscale 3DS game. But this trailer showed us a lot better graphics. We got an open world area, mm-hmm. which we were wondering about that too. Yeah. When we were talking about the region and the first time we talked about this, we're like, uh, this region's is very vertical. Like, how like, you know, we know they said they took inspiration from Breath of the Wild, but we weren't seeing it there. Like, yeah, how can you say that you took inspiration of Breath of the Wild and not really showcase any of it? When then we get this whole thing with the wild area, completely blows my mind because there it is, there's the inspiration of Breath of the Wild. They didn't fully commit to it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they did it, looks like they did just enough of it to really like change you know the uh the way pokemon is going to move towards in the future maybe mm. going for the next game out will be a lot more open world with a lot more overworld overworld pokemon uh you know roaming around in it the yeah. legendaries look really badass mm. you know i've made my decision i'm going to go with Sabo, and i'm picking pokemon sword
0: i'm picking pokemon shield and going with rookie <laughs> um but i i really like how you brought up the the um the wild area because that was i think the big thing uh, about this direct that people just w- loved and i also feel like the people that didn't like it that was the killer for them i was talking about with some people in some chats that i am a part of and uh, most people that didn't like it didn't actually watch the direct but they said oh that sounds like pokemon go i think i'll pass on sword and shield and I mean, to each their own, their, their opinions are valid. But for a lot of people, that was what really made this direct. Because that was something that was like blatantly missing from that first trailer that we saw. Where it's, oh, it's all just wild encounters again. There's no overworld Pokemon. And then, like, nope, surprise. It's here. We just fooled you. Yeah, and so that was. Both mm-hmm, exactly. Yes.
1: And, and again, to go back to the fact that they, they said like they were really impressed with Breath of the Wild and they really want to implement it. Mm-hmm. They did that, and even the naming of the area as the wild area, total shout-out to Breath yeah. of the Wild. You could see that they really did enjoy Breath of the Wild, and they really did want to take as much inspiration from the game as they, as they, they did. Now, I mean, we saw some stuff there. We saw, like, a snowy part of it. Obviously, we saw the lake. We saw what appears to be a desert in the wild area with, like, you know, dead trees.
0: There's lots of variety here, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on here. There's even a snow area in the in the that they showed in the trailer. It's not here in the screenshots, but yes, it was a great direct. Really, they really did a good job these last two weeks of like highlighting what's coming with Pokemon. Now I'm still a little bit skeptical on Pokemon Sleep, uh, but we've got about a year before we figure out what's happening with that game. Air quotes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love it. And uh, I finally got a Mel Medal today, so I can't wait. Oh, nice. To, I'm, I can't wait to utilize him in this game because he seems like he's gonna fit in right with this game.
0: Mhm. I still have not transferred by and over. I'm waiting for still more confirmation how the transfer is gonna work. Welcome on yeah. home.
1: Yeah. Well, they did say it's gonna work with uh, Let's Go, so I'm I'm confident mm-hmm. that I can transfer them over with. I hope too. Very little. It's funny though because I caught so many Snorlaxes over mm-hmm. the Bring last week yeah. that I filled a whole box with nothing but Snorlaxes and mm-hmm. Pokemon Let's Go. I was like, went to go look at it. I was like, oh my god, that's a
0: that whole park. Oh no, that's chaos.
1: So they're all just fat and lazing about. It's hilarious.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Alright guys, but that's gonna go ahead and wrap up our Pokemon Sword and Shield part of this uh podcast. Uh What we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a five minute break and when we come back we're gonna come back to you with our E3 predictions. So guys, Don't go anywhere, we'll be back in just a bit. ladies and gentlemen we are back and welcome to the nintendo power zone podcast if you're just now joining us you missed out on our awesome pokemon sword and shield direct conversation and now we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna slide into our fourth annual e3 prediction show this is one of my favorite episodes of the year it's a little bit it's gonna be a little bit truncated this year in comparison to previous years uh but we're trying out a shorter format for the three weeks of e3 so concessions had to be made so this year we're gonna make three predictions each we're gonna describe our predictions and why we think they're going to come to pass and uh with that said i'm gonna kick things off i'm gonna go basic i'm gonna go with a basic, basic. prediction here this year's z3 we're gonna get mario kart 9 it has been a good while since mario kart 8 was released uh back on the wii u uh mm-hmm. that was released in 2014 on the Wii U. We did get an upgraded version of it on the Nintendo Switch Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but yet and still that is not a new Mario Kart game. They added newer mechanics, they fixed the battle system, but it is not a true sequel to the Mario Kart franchise. Also, I'm going to base my prediction on some facts. Since the N64 release of Mario Kart, there has been a Mario Kart released every three years on either console. So Mario Kart 64, three years later. Mario Kart for the Game Boy Advance, three years after that. Mario Kart on the GameCube, three years after that. Mario Kart DS, three years after that. Mario Kart Wii, three years after that. Mario Kart 7, three years after that. Mario Kart 8. Like clockwork. Also three years after that, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe.
0: Clock- and then Has, it, has it been three years since Deluxe Feast? I think it's getting there, right? So we're
1: going kind to of buy it by, by then. Yeah, yes, I say I predict Mario Kart 9. For a 2020 release. I don't think it's coming this calendar year. I think it will release next year. Uh, Mario Kart Tour is not a full-fledged Mario Kart game. We're going to remove that from the numbering system. It is a mobile app.
0: But that could fill the slot, though, when you think about it. That could fill the three-year slot. And then in three more years. Because my only real gripe with that is that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still selling.
1: It's the best-selling game on the Switch uh, hardware.
0: Yeah, like, it's still selling. It doesn't need a new game.
1: It doesn't need, but for for the people, for the 13 million people that had a Nintendo Switch that now, or, I'm sorry, Nintendo Wii U who now have a Nintendo Switch, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is old hat. It is. It's old hat. It's time to refresh the series, new courses, new DLC, new characters, new racers. We need it all. So my bold, my, my basic prediction is Mario Kart 8 9. Releasing... Summer
0: of 2020. I mean, how is it really a prediction if I just say we are getting a Smash reveal? Is that that a prediction? No, no, I don't think so. I think, no, okay, right, okay. But what if I said Animal Crossing? Just we're getting is that a guarantee or is that a prediction?
1: I don't know. I think that might be a guarantee because we know that's coming this year,
0: yeah. So, so we're at a weird, weird spot, I feel like this year's E3 where there's not really much we can predict i feel cuz everything that we might have predicted is already like confirmed that it will most likely be there um if i had to make one prediction i would say mario rpg yeah. is one thing i think could be seen uh for a similar reason to you predicting mario kart 9 um but mostly uh looking at a previous trend you know last year we got the super mario party announcement at e3 just out of the blue and I think, well, they could do a couple things. They can't do another Mario Party. They could do Mario Kart 9, as you were saying. They could do a Mario sports game. Or they could do a Mario RPG. Well, we got the sports game already. Mario Tennis. Yes, yeah, Aces. Yes, exactly. But we could also get, like, Super Sluggers, Hoops 3 on 3. There's golf. Like, there's plenty of options with the sports Until
1: game. Super Sluggers goes online, I'm not buying those games. We've had two games in that franchise that don't go online. And the Strikers the games still, did go
0: online. The point still stands, though, that, that we could get a Mario Sports game. I feel like the safer of those options is probably an RPG. There isn't one yet. I'd imagine they'd have something in the works, though. Uh, whether that be Super uh, Superstar staga no, a Mario Luigi game or a Paper Mario game or something brand new. Uh, maybe to tie in with this inevitable Smash reveal, we get... Superstar Saga Two. Wait, no. We get Legend of the Seven Stars Super R P G Two, with Gino as, as our Smash Rap.
1: Make <laughs> it happen, please. Well, <laughs> i want to get some credence to your prediction. Okay. Square is holding a press conference this year.
0: Mm-hmm. They're they gonna be there. Yeah,
1: they haven't done that in a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, they have recommitted themselves to Nintendo. I mean, they've made. They've made up and they're playing nice again. Like
0: mm-hmm. they're lost the screen screen. Screen.
1: they're back in bed with one another. It could happen. Uh, that's always been the thing that's kind of kept that game from being sequelized or really mm-hmm. released. Like there haven't been a whole lot of re-releases of that game. I think three. Oh, now
0: it's happening. You have three. It total. Could happen.
1: Oh yeah, well, maybe and- with updated graphics. Uh, you know, using the, like that Kingdom Hearts three engine possibly.
0: That would be a bit much. That's well, that's too excited. I, I, I couldn't handle that.
1: All right. So for my second prediction, I was keeping it I, I the funny thing is I also had a square Enix type prediction.
0: Okay.
1: Uh we all know Final Fantasy Seven remake is coming. I'm not bold I'm not predicting that for the Switch.
0: Okay. I was I was just- no, no, no,
1: I'm not here to pipe dream. I'm not here to pipe dream. Okay. But I, I do have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. There is a Final Fantasy game that was absent from like all the major like Final Fantasy releases that came out a couple months ago. We had 7, 9, uh, World a of Final Fantasy, Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Uh, 8 was ups- uh, was suspiciously oh. missing, but I went and I did some research on why 8 is missing. And so I'm not here to predict 8, which I know might upset a few people. I'm here to predict that Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Crisis Core Uh, is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII. It is probably the best of the expanded Final Fantasy VII universe games. uh, That includes Dirge of Cerberus and the movie uh, Advent Children and a couple of cell phone games that just didn't get released here in the States. Uh, But I do think that we're going to see a... Uh, that uh, port of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, one and I think it's going to get released on all platforms, but I, I think it's coming to the Switch to kind of hype up that, like, that uh, that release of the Final Fantasy VII remake that we know is coming, yeah. that we just had a trailer for during uh, Sony's uh, second state, state of play. Of play. So, mm-hmm. I, I do think that Square wants to hype up that game as much as possible, so it wouldn't be a surprise to see Crisis Core get ported to. Every console, and that game hasn't been ported, period. You can't play that game on Vita, you can't play that game on PS3, and you cannot play it on PS4. It exists solely as a PSP game. Been long enough. It's a good game. The Nintendo Switch is the perfect console for for it. It really is. It's just a great console for For the in general. It really is. Uh, Plus, I love that game. I love that game. It's one of the few PSP games that I've beaten multiple times.
0: Now, this kind of seems redundant to me since it's a Final Fantasy VII remake. But do you see us getting a Pocket Edition of that, like we do the 15, and then seeing that edition just come to Switch?
1: I hope not.
0: See, I do too. I'm I
1: mean, like, if you're gonna play an ugly version of Final Fantasy VII, play the original. Play the 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 one that just got put on. And that game is not ugly, by the way. I mean, yes, the graphics haven't aged. Great, but that game came out like over twenty years ago.
0: For the time, it looked beautiful. For now, now was it's, like the it's.
1: revolution back in nineteen ninety-seven, the graphics were never going to get better than that, according to all the video game magazines back in the day. Like this like is it. it, we reached the pinnacle. Oh. No, no, we haven't. We're just scratching the surface, bitches. Like a year later, we got a Final Fantasy game that looked better than seven. No, but Crisis Core is a really good game. And they wouldn't have to do too much to it. Now I know there might be uh, there's a little bit of a licensing issue because they used a real world person as a inspiration for a very specific character in the game. Uh, I think they might have to tweak that character's uh, design, but I think it can be done. And I I really think that it would be a perfect title to put on the Nintendo Switch. It's already a portable game, so you're not making you're not doing too much to, you know, uprise it, to put it on the Nintendo Switch. So, I would love to see that. That is my, that is my, uh... I would say that's not, that's a little bit of an out-there prediction, but it's not so bold that it's crazy.
0: Okay. Um, I guess for my middle prediction, I'm gonna kind of cheat and just claim two things, and it's more of a pipe dream of my personal wants than a prediction. Uh, but I want... Or both, if possible, uh... A Xenoblade game or just a Monolith Soft game, whatever they are currently working on that's original.
1: Now, they do have that untitled Monolith Soft game that, you know, that's set with looks like a more traditional style RPG mm-hmm. than what they typically do.
0: I've mm-hmm.
1: uh, known about that for a few years. So It'd be nice see. to see
0: it. Exactly. So, I think we could maybe see that. We could see, you know, a port of either one or X, maybe X2 if they've been working on that, or just anything that they can really bring to the table, I would be down. Like, I've been wanting for a while a and Kaitos remaster, uh, which is a GameCube game, uh, phenomenal, uh, beautiful. It has, like, a weird, unique trading card mechanic. And it was such a good RPG. Uh, Technically, Bandai Namco owns the, I guess, the licensing and stuff for it, but it was made by Monolith Soft, and if just that was announced, I would would count that. Um, But so either, like, just a Monolith Soft game or a Metroid game, uh, so so we know that we are most likely not getting anything on Metroid Prime Four, uh, much to our dismay. And, and, and we'll we we'll move on from that. But it's possible, I think, to see uh, there were rumors about trilogy coming potentially. We can maybe see that. But also, I think we could get just a different Metroid. We got uh, Samus Returns on the 3DS. I think maybe get like a Super Metroid remaster potentially on on Switch to be a thing, to fall up mm-hmm. with that. So All Metroid game or Monolith Soft game.
1: All right, kind of spinning off what you're saying. Now, we do know that uh, Retro got the reins back to the Metroid Prime series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to stick with Retro for a minute because I have one prediction that I'm really holding on to hope for. Retro had been working on a game before mm-hmm. they uh, started working on Metroid Prime 4. We don't know what it is. Now, we've had rumors of a racing game. We've had, a, you know, we in that, and that's it, like a Star Fox racing game. I think that ended up being like, oh, you know, a pipe dream, but whatever. I really think that Retro has been working on the conclusion to their Donkey Kong trilogy. And I think we're going to see that at this year's E3. I think we're going to get a Donkey Kong announcement at E3. It's been long enough since we've had a proper sequel to the Donkey Kong Country Returns uh, franchise, I think they need to finish this trilogy off and give us a game that brings back Mr. King K. Rule. And uh, it would be nice if he had been the mastermind of the previous two games. He's like, hey, I was lurking in the shadows. I'm the reason why these things came and attacked you th- for those past two games. We need That's retro to finish the trilogy, and we need them to bring back King K. Rule. Uh, okay. It needs to happen. I would love to see that because I love me some Donkey Kong Country and I love me some Retro working on Donkey Kong Country.
0: I mean, I was thinking we could see Retro's other project too, but I feel like at this point it might just be a lost cause, especially since Retro has an iffy track record with a lot of games that they work on just being scrapped. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they do. And- so, like, how Metroid Prime for, Metroid Prime, just sort of came to existence was that they were making three games, all of them got scrapped, and they used the engine for one to make Metroid Prime. Because all of the three the old games were just bad. And it's it, they have a couple other, like, instances that we know of here and there of just games getting scrapped. And that's unfortunate. But when they do release a good product, it's a great product. But I feel like whatever they were working on before... Most likely, it's been scrapped. Unfortunately,
1: unless it was a Donkey Kong game, because you know Nintendo's not going to waste a good retro Donkey Kong game.
0: So, what if it was a bad retro Donkey Kong game?
1: I don't believe that can exist. Okay, sure. I, have, I, I believe in them like I believe in God.
0: Okay, like okay.
1: They, to me, they are one in, they are one in concrete. You know, retro makes good Donkey Kong games, and God exists. Those are that's how I that's those sure. are my feelings. <laughs> sure.
0: Okay. Uh, that was three predictions from you then at this point. You got one
1: honorable mention, but we'll go ahead and let you okay. get into the next one.
0: I, I don't even really know what my my final prediction would be. Uh, but there's going to be a smash announcement. I'm calling <laughs> no. Um, I need to edit
1: this. I need to think about this one. All right, I'm gonna throw my honorable mention out there because right, yeah, yeah. I need mm-hmm. to have one wild prediction. I think okay. we're going to do a crossover game. Oh, okay. But not in the sense that everybody thinks. I think we're going to cross over of, a, of two franchises that are Nintendo-owned mm-hmm. and uh, that should have been crossed over from the start. Okay. Arms versus Punch-Out.
0: Okay. I can...
1: Is going to get robot attachments on his arms. He's going to battle out with Spring Man. Doc, uh, you know, his trainer's going to be in there. And all of the Punch-out characters are going to have these special attachments that they can fight with all the arms characters and you just have absolute mayhem and that's what the game is going to be called Punch-out versus Arms Mayhem.
0: Mayhem. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's what the- happened. Oh my gosh.
1: Like oh. Just completely bold out of the pulled it out of my butt prediction. But those are two franchises that should Little Mac should have been in Arms.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. Like, yeah.
1: Mario should have been in Arms, and what's worst about Mario not being in Arms is that in Super Mario Odyssey they did the mechanic where he like took Bowser's hat and Mm -hmm. he started throwing punches, and you had to do it exactly like you do in Arms when you get a rush. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is how you add Mario to Arms. (laughs) Do it. Give him the
0: hat. Yeah. Just give him the hat. Let him. Add Bowser to Arms while you're at it.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna get that. I want the Arms Punch Out crossover, and I want it to be called Mayhem. Punch Out versus Arms Mayhem. That's my wild, crazy prediction that is never in a million years gonna come true, unless Nintendo was watching this and was like, that is a good idea. Hire <laughs> him, hire oh. him now.
0: How, ah, what do I even predict? I'm, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> Splatoon spin-off game, that could like an good. RPG, uh, racing. Splatoon Racing. Adventure game. I don't know. I would buy a Splatoon Racing game. There already exists one. It's just Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> All right. So, let's move on for predictions. Let's talk
1: about things that we're kind of guaranteed to see at E3. Okay. Let's talk about some of those things. Because there are a number of things that I think we can pretty much count on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, we know that we're going to see a little bit more of Luigi's Mansion 3. We're probably going to get an official name drop for that game. I don't think Luigi's Mansion 3 will be the final title. It'll probably mm-hmm. be Luigi's Mansion, Haunted Manor, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, or uh, uh, Dusky Night. I don't know. Because it's it's uh, what Dark Moon, Dusky Night. Like I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh, we're dark Moon a weird
0: name for we're it. We're
1: definitely going to get that smash drop. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are speculating that we're going to see a Dragon Quest character. I really hope not. We have plenty of sword fighters, unless it's like an odd Dragon Quest character, like the slime. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope we stay away from that. I would love to get an official Arms character, not as a an assist trophy. Any character, Ninjara, please, Ninjara, because he's the best.
0: Steve from Minecraft, please. Uh, Minecraft please
1: banjo maybe Banjo would be fun let's you know it'd be nice to see banjo work his way back into nintendo especially after the way that uh microsoft has treated him like a red-headed stepchild
0: oh there's like been a whole lot about like banjo just coming up at e3 here like oh there's a lot of talk about banjo so either a new banjo game maybe he's appearing in smash uh i know cuphead was speculated to be a good indie and microsoft rep because he's not on the Switch now. His game is on the Switch, so it's possible.
1: That could be an interesting one. Just mm-hmm. him, like snapping his fingers, shooting at you.
0: Mm-hmm. But no game needs to be on Switch after Persona and, I guess, previously Final Fantasy VII.
1: So, let's see. What else are we guaranteed? We're guaranteed to get Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a release date. I, now that we know that Pokemon's coming out November 15th, looking mm-hmm. at a December... It's either going to be a September release or a December release for mm-hmm. uh, for Animal Crossing. The reason I say that is because I think Luigi's Mansion October. is coming out in October. They really yeah. want to capitalize on that Halloween and that haunted, you know. Uh, for game. sure. So we have that. Uh, obviously, we, we're going to see more Fire Emblems, uh, which I don't think we really need to see any more Fire Emblem. I think, I think we— I'll just think, say,
0: it's still coming. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, just, you know, give us some of that. Uh as far as third party releases, I think maybe Ubisoft's gonna hit us up with a surprise, maybe a sequel to Mario vs. Rabbids Kingdom Battle. We mm-hmm. don't if we saw that out of them. Uh Ubisoft always has like some kind of announcement for a Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from the just dance, the annual just dance games that get released. I mean, yeah. But you know, That's I, I, I
0: probably,
1: yeah, I expect there to be some kind of a Nintendo surprise with Ubisoft. Maybe mm-hmm. nothing as grand as like the Mario Rabbids and the Star Fox announcements that we had gotten in the two previous years, but I do think we'll see something. something. Cool.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think we're also still guaranteed Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. at least just to the same extent as Fire Emblem, where it's like, hey, this is still coming. Either that, or they do release some or announce uh, some kind of new feature, whether it be a bonus dungeon or or some kind of multiplayer content or bonus thing, that something
1: that makes that sets the game apart from its DX remake and mm-hmm. the. Uh, the original game,
0: yeah, because it's 60 bucks for a remake. Be nice you if it included do. the original, though.
1: Mm-hmm, Even yeah. or my package just played in Game Boy style graphics, I would appreciate that. Be nice to be able to compare the two games side by side, like, like for that. sure. Uh, what else is coming?
0: Town. Town, yes. yes.
1: yeah, yeah, they announced that last year at E3, and uh, we haven't heard a whole lot about it since. So, Town mm. looks really fun from that initial trailer and Mm -hmm. it's it's uh, been said that game freak does as a whole want to move a little bit away from the pokemon games they want to focus on new ip they want to make a new popular series Mm -hmm. looks like town could be the start of that and i don't know what's going to happen i think maybe the pokemon development team might slide over to the Pokemon company for future games going forward. Uh, that doesn't mean that Game Freak will lose its controlling stake in Pokemon. It just means that they're handing over to demo- Melt. They might send the development team over to the Pokemon company, mm-hmm. and that might be a better fit for them, uh, seeing as how like the majority of like the older staff wants to do newer things uh, mm-hmm. in, in game development. So I think that's the way we're going to move for that. we probably not going to get an announcement about that, but we're definitely going to see Town, I would Really like to see town. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: um, I think we could see Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3: The Black Order. Yeah. That's releasing, I believe, th- later this month. Uh, July,
1: actually, uh, July 9th.
0: Okay, yes, next month then. Um, we are probably going to get one last little tidbit, or just let, once again with uh, Mario Maker. Uh, just something quick about Mario Maker. Hey, don't forget we have Mario Maker. Remember, oh, no, well, there's
1: still a slot, a game, mm-hmm. uh, a character, uh, a stage building slot that we have yet
0: to find out what it is. I could see that maybe being announced then, but we wouldn't get that until later. That's a post content update if we do get whatever that is. Um, beyond that, uh, uh, I was thinking a couple more games that were third party. Um, I've forgotten the other one, but I was going to talk about uh, there is usually some kind of big uh, hardcore, you know game that gets ported. So we had Skyrim, Dark Souls, Diablo, uh, stuff like that. Uh, there was rumors about uh, The Witcher 3 being the game that was ported. I believe someone official from CD Projekt Red, however, did deconfirm that. But we can still see something kind of along those lines uh, uh, be announced.
1: I think we're going to get it from Square. I think we're going to see the second okay. wave of uh, final fantasy games getting out from square for the Nintendo switch. So that would okay. include final fantasy 13, maybe final fantasy 14 online. Yep. Uh, not sure. definitely not final fantasy 15, uh, but we'll see 13 and 13 too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like
0: returns
1: might see the, uh, the HD remasters of kingdom hearts show up on mm-hmm. Nintendo switch. Switch could definitely handle those games. They're not like, they're definitely not going to push the hardware. Uh, The Switch can handle
0: PlayStation 2 stuff. Let's be real. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, we might see some kind of weird port of Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. Uh, Like like, like a pocket version of Kingdom Hearts 3 for the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Uh, I don't think the Switch could run Kingdom Hearts 3 as it stands, but I I do know that game is made with Unreal, Mm -hmm. so it might actually fit on the Switch. They might be able to work it out. Uh, Aside from that, I think uh, from Bandai, we'll probably get a Dragon Ball announcement. Um, Okay, I can see that. Hopefully, we get that Dragon Ball Z game that the other consoles are getting, uh, that Goku story game, as it's being lovingly referred to as of right now. Uh, But that's it. Like as first party, we know what's coming. Like now that Pokemon is officially out of the way, we need to look at what the what more the first party developers are doing. So I mean, it's weird because Nintendo has a lot of great franchises, but they only have a handful of franchises they actually like to play with. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I could also see them bringing you know just a whole new IP, similar to how they brought Splatoon in Arms three certain years. Just make one another one, just a new IP.
1: Well, we still have no idea on the status of Pikmin Four.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that is a thing.
1: And Bayonetta. Oh, I forgot. We're definitely going to see Bayonetta. Yeah. We're definitely mm-hmm. going to see Bayonetta Three.
0: And definitely some Astro Chains. At least some kind with oh, that probably.
1: Maybe uh, near Automata getting. getting oh
0: free. yeah, port that oh, you be wild. Uh, uh, I want to say we could get more Persona Five, not a port, which I would love, but I don't think we're getting that just yet. We'll probably get uh, a Q
1: version like we have for all the other games.
0: Well, I'm thinking uh, I want to at least because we know we have Scramble, but I would like to see uh, just an announcement. It doesn't have to be on Switch, but for Persona Five Arena, I would love to see just that be announced at E3. I totally and
1: about Persona Five Scramble.
0: Uh and if we could get a switch version of Dancing All Night, uh not that what's that's four or whatever. What's the Persona 5 one that's got a different name? Dancing something else. Uh, the dancing game for Persona 5 I would like to see on Switch.
1: Yeah, I don't play the Persona game, so I have no idea. Oh, we're definitely gonna see Ghostbusters. Uh oh <laughs> because we've already got that announcement that is coming to all the systems, so it'd be nice to see some they'll probably throw it in there in the, like that third party reel that they always do at the end of the record. Speaking of the Direct, we do know that the Direct is going to be about 45 minutes this time, and without Smash eating up 20 minutes of that, mm-hmm. I expect there to be a lot more game announcements, stuff that we don't know about yet. Now, we've made our weird and random predictions, but we never know what Nintendo's going to show. That's the thing. Uh, they said they want to focus on what's coming out for you know the remainder of the calendar year, but it's inevitable that will a couple of 2020 games will slip into there. I'm excited to see what they show off. But that being said, we're going to be back next week to talk about that in our uh, post-show analysis of E3. So, guys, remember, we're doing three weeks of E3. This is week two. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to wrap it up. And there's so much stuff happening next week. We have the Super Mario Maker 2 uh, Championship. We have the Splatoon 2 World Championships. And we have the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate World Championships. Those are going to be fun events. Nintendo does tournaments really fun. We're, the awesome they have awesome commentary teams that work on those shows. They do a great job. We're going to have Nintendo Treehouse for 3 days this year. Uh, so we'll definitely going to we'll probably see some more Pokémon during the Nintendo Treehouse if we're being honest. Uh, it's rare that they even though it's like the Pokémon company likes to show off the games on their own, they do always bring them to the Treehouse live. Uh we'll see some Mario Maker Treehouse most definitely. And uh, man, Maybe we get Earthbound three.
0: <laughs> Whoa! What? No. Excuse maybe, you. Maybe we finally get Earthbound three. Don't get people's hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, you know this
1: game you guys have wanted for like twenty something years. Fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just leave us alone after this.
0: What? if All right. What are the odds of of them giving us a remastered Mother trilogy? What? Is that a thing that could ever happen?
1: Uh, so I feel like it's,
0: it's. One in
1: like 17 quatillion?
0: It shouldn't be that high, though. This should be actually really doable. Even if it's just a straight trilogy or something. Like, I feel like that could be a cool thing. Like, we know you guys want this game, but. You no. Know, we've had it translated for years. I mean. Okay. So, so. Nintendo's been doing some moves where it's not about the money or the sales for the game, it's about the the demand by the small audience. That's why we're getting Metroid Prime 4. Like yeah. that's not that's not going to move units. That's not going to sell amazing, but it'll please the fans who want it. It's true. Yeah, Nintendo
1: does every now and then just give us what we actually want instead of what they say we want. So it'd be nice, man. It'd be nice to see mother finally get that third iteration. And then we can finally just all move on from it, like, like those are like the last parts of like a really bad breakup, and like we just you know you 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 crave that uh that closure, but you know that other person won't give it to you, but you cling on to the hope that one day they're like, I'm gonna tell you exactly why I broke up with you.
0: I, I feel like you're describing Nintendo and Square Enix's relationship and why we're not getting Super <laughs> Mario RPG two or my hoops three on three two.
1: Actually, I'm actually working on a video. Uh, a long-form video that breaks down the breakup of Nintendo and Square Enix. Uh, It's taken a lot of research. Uh, It's part of the reason why we had that hiatus that we had over the last month is because this project is... There's a lot to dissecting uh, why these two companies had a falling out, but there's also a lot of stuff that happened afterwards, like how these companies existed without one another like how did the landscape change uh in the time that they were uh you know exes like that time where like they had broken up with each other and weren't talking to each other so there's a lot there's a lot to dissect there a lot of research and a lot of like figuring out how, how they repair that uh that that damaged relationship so mm-hmm. that's coming hopefully by the end of this calendar year because it is going to be a long-form video. I, I assume this video is probably going to take me a couple weeks to, to record, edit, and whatnot. But I think it's going to run about an hour and 15 minutes uh, if my scripting doesn't get altered too much from where it is right now. Uh, But that being said, guys, there's not a whole lot to talk about left. There's not a whole lot left to talk about because we just don't know. So we should just go ahead, we're going to wrap up this episode, uh, but before we let you go, we got to hit you up with these social media links. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Nice1983, you can email me at Nice1983 at gmail.com, you can hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Zone. If you are a fan of the Nintendo Power Zone podcast, you can always download new episodes on iTunes, Google Play Music, stream new episodes on Spotify, and Stitcher Radio, but if you want to watch the show live like you're doing right now, you got to catch us right here on YouTube youtube.com slash nintendo power zone blues hit them up uh
0: as always you can follow me on twitter at the king blues uh same thing with twitch and youtube uh blues as always spelled b-l-o-o-z
1: all right and guys with that being said we'll be back next week with our post e3 analysis episode uh, we're gonna do that on wednesday because we're gonna let that tuesday uh we're gonna let that direct sit with us for a little bit We want to have time to watch it multiple times, analyze every little thing so that we can scrutinize it the next day. But Guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll be back in seven days. So until then, keep it locked right here at the Nintendo Power Zone. Thank you so much. Deuces.